I would like you to come on this little journey with me for a moment here. Imagine that God raises a man like Moses, one of the greatest teachers, probably only second to Yeshua himself. And as he sends this man to America to preach, to give a word, America repents. Imagine that America even goes as far as to say everything that you have told us to do from the Lord, we will do just like Israel did when they were in that wilderness. Will this bring about a spiritual utopia in America? Will it bring us back to that promised land or will it not? You see, Israel themselves went through this and despite seemingly a perfect teacher delivering a perfect word, they still ended up dying in the wilderness and they did not enter the promised land until they reach that second generation. But see, yet this is the exact same thing that many of us have subtly fallen into. We have thought that if we have the teacher, the teacher will be the one that leads us into the promised land. And it is true that God has given us teachers. God has given us that beautiful office of teaching to equip the body. But yet at the same time, God has given many other offices. And I want to submit to you that we are in a a culture, a a culture of believers today, of movements that have elevated the office of a teacher at the expense of the other offices. And because of this, we have missed the point of what the new covenant really is. You see, the old covenant where they did die in the wilderness was very different from the new covenant that Yeshua came to give us. One where he says it's going to be different this time because I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh. I am going to create a body of Christ and this body of Christ is going to be equipped to walk in many different offices and equip one another, not a crippled body where you have a leg that is the office of a teacher. Praise God for it. But no other office is being given the attention that it deserves so that the body can be built up unto the maturity of Christ. What we're talking about here, these offices of the ministry comes from Ephesians chapter four, verses 11 through 13. And it was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for works of ministry and to build up the body of Christ, Yeshua, until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God, as we mature to the full measure of the stature of Christ. Mm. Yeah, it's so good because the reason that all of these different offices and roles were given was not for any specific office or role to elevate themselves at the expense of the other offices or at the expense of the body, but it was so that they could make disciples so that they could equip the saints, the body of Messiah to grow into maturity after the fullness of Yeshua. In other words, so that they can each walk like Yeshua walked in their own respective callings. Yeah, I think that a lot of people have subconsciously taken on that idea, but they fail to understand that while teaching is a part of ministry, not all ministry is teaching. 
In fact, if you even just look at the life of Yeshua, right? Mm -hmm. He had these big moments where he was on the mountain and there's a big crowd and they're going to get fed and they're there to listen. (laughs) Yes, right? So these events of great teaching Mm -hmm. happened in his life. He was a great teacher. Right, and people called him teacher, rabbi. Right. But if you read through, Mm -hmm. right, the New Testament, you read through the stories of his life, what you actually see is the small encounters. What we love to talk about is how he was with the Samaritan women. We love mm-hmm. to talk about how he's, he was talking to the, the rich young ruler. We love to talk about how he was with his disciples, right? We have him, his life, not just restricted to getting on a mountain or in a synagogue to stand up to preach, even though that's a big part of it, but actually to him, ministry was more even to right. the, the, the day-to-day praying for the leper, giving counseling mm-hmm. and healing the sick and speaking casting out life. demons. Yeah. yeah, speaking words of life. I mean, think about how many times he casted out demons. Yeah. And then he did get on a mountain to teach. But if we think that to do ministry is to teach, right? That is that is what it is. It means and it and it comes at the cost of all these other things which are not in our lives as ministers. What this what this shows us is what we've done is stifled the other offices and the other giftings in the body. And so we are not equipped in those things because of that. Right. I mean, it's like the example of those who are gifted and are given the office of teacher. And they realize that we need more evangelists. We need more prophets. We need more people who are walking in these callings. But then when there's an opportunity for prayer or for outreach or of this nature that would be related to a role of an evangelist, they look for the evangelist instead of also stepping into that role themselves. Mm. In a sense, it's kind of this the excuse that, well, we need the evangelist to do that. Oh, someone needs prayer. Where's the, where's the evangelist? When it should be that, We are all trying to look like Yeshua. We'll have our fortes, that's true, but we're all doing our best to walk in the example of Yeshua and as much as we possibly can. Mm. That is prayer, that is baptism, Mm. that is outreach, whatever that looks like for you. Yeah, I think, you see, the key is what he really does say in Ephesians 4, because he says, okay, he's giving us all of these offices, right? Apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherds, Mm. and teachers. Now, these different offices are given for what reason? Right? He tells us in the next line, in order to equip the saints for the work of ministry. So a prophet is not just there to have his own podium and do, and do prophecy. A teacher is not there to have his own podium to just teach. An evangelist is not just there to go out on the streets and do evangelism and so forth and so forth. An apostle is not just there to lead churches and direct and so on. We see that the the purpose of these things is first and foremost to equip the saints in these things. And by definition, that means that there's this expectation that each believer will to to some extent operate in all of these different roles. See, we have a office of something, right? If someone is in the office of an evangelist, that is his thing. Praise God, that's his gifting. However, that the, everyone has a responsibility towards evangelism, no matter who you are, even if you're not in the office of evangelism. And so it is with all of the offices. But yet what we have done, like Christina has said, right, is we have taken this one office of teaching, which is a, and in today's world, probably the easiest office to enter with. Right. I mean, for teaching, again, it is an important office, an important role. I mean, we teach. <laughs> yeah. So in, in 
it's needed, yeah. right? Biblical instruction that's grounded in the word of God. But out of all the offices, like you were saying, I would argue it's probably one of the easiest ones mm. to pursue because, you know, in our modern day, all you need to become a teacher is a Facebook page, mm. you know, a YouTube channel. Uh, you know, you, you can get a degree. You can find a building. What you're trying to yeah. say is that it's easy to fall into pride within the gift of te- within the office of teaching. It's mm-hmm. easy to do to go and become a teacher without being called, but actually for your own self exaltation. Yeah. In this office of teaching, there can be a weakness that not all are guilty of, but it is easy to fall into. It is where you sort of uh, compartmentalize. And you separate the other offices and their Mm. callings and their giftings as being only for someone who walks in the other offices where as you, a teacher, does not need to maybe pray for the sick or does not need to go out onto the streets to Mm. evangelize. And that's that's a problem. And this creates a culture within our circles of, yes, everyone wants to become a teacher and to become a teacher is the epitome of spiritual maturity Mm. and then what ends up happening is while we like to listen to teachings and teach ourselves and that's what everyone wants to be as a teacher now there's the the role of evangelists prophets apostles uh shepherding and so forth force on the wayside and at the end of the day though the problem is then that even those teachers never get edified to become good evangelists even though they're supposed to uh, they never get edified to operate in leadership and other areas of ministry that's needed. Uh, and so it's very important that we don't make this excuse anymore of yeah. saying, oh, but that's that guy's job. Oh, that, but that that's guy's job. It's not my job. I mean, same for like the evangelist or any of the other offices really were, mm. oh, well, my role in my calling is to evangelize and to go out on the streets, mm. you know, amen, glory to God. That's needed. That mm. is vitally needed. But at the expense of, I don't need to study scripture in depth. Mm. I don't need to, you know, study myself approved as scripture says, because I'm just preaching the gospel. But then what does scripture say? You need to have an answer for the hope that is within you when you're faced with hard questions with someone who needs biblical instruction and counsel. You need to be able to answer that biblically and not only have a shallow understanding of scripture. It's needed that you also study the word of God. Right. Our eyes have to be on Yeshua, not yeah. on a man, not on, on, on our favorite teacher or our favorite evangelist or favorite whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, at the end of the day, like it said in Ephesians, this is all, all these offices are there to help us attain the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. In other words, we are looking towards, I want to be like Christ. That's everything that he did. And by the way, Christ did cast out demons. Christ did heal the sick. Christ did teach amazing Torah laws. Christ did fulfill them. Christ did uh, prophesy. Christ was uh, in the role of an apostle. Christ was an evangelist. He He was was a shepherd. He was a shepherd. shepherd. Right? He was all these things. Mm. And now he calls us to come to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, mm. but we're going to help each other get there. Right. That's the point. It's about equipping others. It's not about elevating ourselves, even if it's a subconscious thing, because I don't think any of us are really thinking I'm trying to lift up myself, uh-huh. but it can become, what is your motive? Mm. Are you intending to glorify and elevate God alone? Would you be happy sitting at the end of the table or are you trying to sit at the front of the table? Are you happy being a servant whose name is never known? Mm. Or are you trying to get your name known? Mm. You know, what's your motive? Mm. 
Right? Yeah, I think that's very important for us because ultimately if our motive is correct, that will mean that we will be willing to humble ourselves, learn from one another, mm-hmm. be excited for one another's offices and callings and expertise right. that God has given them so that we can all teach one another and grow from one another. Right, and then there's not the comparisons or, or mm. trying to, uh, what's the word? Yeah, competition. Competition, because we know that we're all important parts of the body and we need to all work together, as it said right. in Ephesians 4, mm. in unity mm. until we attain the measure, the full mm. stature of Messiah. Mm. And that is so important, that unity. Yeah, I think that there, the comp- competition is a big issue. I've, I've witnessed this a lot, even amongst people who are in leaderships in ministry. Mm. Um, not all, of course, but you know we mm. see this where there's a competitiveness where people are in competition to one another in growing their own ministries, and they're not then working together; they're working against one another because they're trying to build themselves up to get to the top. And this is a symptom of a culture that is focused inwardly on their uh, a Christian culture or a, a a believing culture that is focused inwardly on their own offices, their own giftings, but not on the giftings of others. It really comes down to we need to all strive to look like Yeshua, to walk like Yeshua in the fullness of what Yeshua did when Mm. he walked this earth. And I think that's really well encapsulated in the Great Commission when we are called as believers, all of us as believers, to go out into all the world. And that might look like, you know, on a camera where the videos can reach all around the world or in your corner of the world, in your community, in your circles, right? To go out, preach the gospel, to go out, make disciples, to baptize and to teach all that I have commanded you, all of these offices and roles rolled into the Great Commission that we are all called to walk Right, in. and what did Yeshua command them? Did mm. he command them to just be teachers? Did he command mm. them to just be evangelists? No, yeah. because Yeshua was all of those offices rolled into one, and he's mm-hmm. commanding them to do all that I teach you, that I commanded you, that mm. I was i want you to become because that's what it is to be a disciple and so guys we hope that this has blessed you this is just all about us desiring to see this diversity that god has given in the body because there's a lot of people who are evangelists Mm -hmm. who are not stepping into that role because they think they're supposed to be a teacher because that's what it means to be in ministry that's what i thought when i first wanted to go into ministry as a teenager my whole concept of ministry was get that website, get that logo and sort of figure out a name and Mm. start writing articles. (laughs) My only concept and understanding of what ministry was, was teaching. I didn't even consider as sad as it is that ministry is sitting next to someone on the couch and counseling them in the Lord, encouraging Mm. them, praying Mm. with them, talking to the homeless person on the street, someone who is not going to remember you, but in that moment you are blessing and speaking words of life and sharing the gospel, whatever that Mm. opportunity looks like. You're not maybe getting your name known. You're maybe not on a stage. Maybe you are on a stage. There's Mm. places and times for that as well. But the point is to be a servant as Mm. Yeshua was a servant. And that is the point of ministry. That's so good. So guys, I, I want to leave you with this. This is a simple test for you to walk away from this video with is ask yourself, how am I considered by, by other people around me? Like, do they, when they need prayer, say, wow, well, they, they want to come to me because they know that I am a prayer warrior. I love to pray for people and I believe I have faith in my prayers and I, I want to go forth and see people set free. Is that how they see me or 
do they see me as a teacher who cannot do those things? Or when people have a theological question, do they think of me as someone who just prays for people but has no concept of good theology or can't answer biblical questions? You see, ask yourself, do people actually see me as someone who can do evangelism? Do people see me as someone who would be open to dreams and visions when they have a dream and vision and need guidance in that? Because ultimately, like we say, we want to look like Yeshua and Yeshua was someone you could go to for all of these. And so can people go to you for all of these? That's what I would leave you with. Uh, so we really hope that this conversation has blessed you. We want to say a special thank you for joining us here today and a special thank you to our partners who have made this teaching and every other teaching this month possible. We love you guys. Thank you so much. Shalom. Shalom.